0: do you tell everybody about yourself?
1: Oh, there's not much to tell. I'm just uh, you know a simple guy just uh, hanging out with you guys. That's all.
0: Lies That's issue
2: of lies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mean, sit uh, on a throne
1: of lies, my friend. Not hey I'm a, I'm a simple guy. There's nothing <laughs> more to
0: it. This is how simple Brainy is. I met Brainy at uh, the Comics Pro meeting in Baltimore, I don't know what year. And he was. was Baltimore? I think so. You were the first year at Baltimore, not the second year.
1: Memphis, Memphis.
0: Oh, maybe it was Memphis. It was he Mem- was in the front row of a charity auction and oh, bidding my. on every single. <laughs> I don't even think knew what he was winning. He just was <laughs> charity and that was incidental. Like, who cares? It was just was a simple funny. guy. That's right. <laughs> and so he was having the time of his life. It was the year when, I don't. I think it was the one when Chris Powell, there was some kind of tiki something that oh, came up. Oh, yes. Like, did up this little tiki mug to like $600 to give it to Chris Powell, which was so much fun. Um, for those
1: that don't know, Chris has this real obsession with tikis. No mm-hmm. idea what it is, but it's amazing.
0: Oh, yeah. And I think he doesn't he co- own a tiki bar now.
1: Yeah, he may actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I know he was talking about the, one of those mobile ones, he might actually own a tiki bar as well. Wow,
0: mm-hmm. yep. Yeah. And so, um, what else? It was such a fun night. I can't even imagine how much money was raised for charity that night, but uh, um, it
1: was over 22,000 or 23,000, something like that. Was that, that
0: the night, night that uh, they had the two copies of the Highlander? And they bid on one to stay whole and one to spear through with a sword?
1: I believe so, yes.
0: So there's somewhere at CGC a speared through with sword <laughs> copy of the Highlander because they're going <laughs> be <able> to be <laughs> Yeah. And uh, well. they auctioned off the sword too because people seem super excited. <laughs>
1: Whoa, Kyle, are you
2: okay? I'm square. you good.
0: All right, so um, we usually start uh, our time together talking about movies, which is very interesting right now because there's not a lot of um, going to movie theaters. I am the rebel in this group. I go to the actual movie theater every single week. Um, And I saw Promising Young Woman, which was not the movie I thought I was going to see because the description they have of it is very different from what it is.
2: <laughs> I was I was lucky. I got a screener for that one from Film Independent. Okay. And it's phenomenal, but it is not at all what the 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 blurb they send you cuz you're supposed to watch it and be like is this movie worthy of nomination for an independent film award? And I'm going that blurb is not that movie. I think they sent me the wrong thing. And I watched I'm that's It's going to be when people see it, they're either going to love it or they're going to hate it. Mm -hmm. But I loved it. So it's something I got to watch. Ooh, sweet.
0: Their, their entire pitch was like, watch Alison Brie in this movie about a woman who goes on a journey to understand herself. So there's like, it was like, it sounded like a psychological kind of thriller and it ended up being kind of like a, a single white female situation where the main character basically um, has had something happen in her past where uh, she now kind of like entraps guys. So she goes to bars and acts drunk and then picks up a guy and has them take her home. And then they are going to leave it up to your imagination. What happens? It doesn't end up being a situation where she's killing people, but she does something mean to them or blackmails them or something. But the, uh, the end game is to have them not do that to, Women anymore, and then it gets really all kinds of super dark. And uh, well, and
2: she and Dave Franco wrote it together. Oh, like she know. and her husband Dave wrote it and produced it together. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's like the second or third film they've done together. Uh, and all of them have starred her, which I think is smart of him um, mm-hmm. because if you're married to Allison Brie, you let her start, no matter how big a star you are. <laughs> like, let's be real. Um, you know, it's like if you're Jay-Z, you just let Beyonce be famous because Beyonce is better at it than you. You know, and so, I, you know, it was I think it's the second or third movie they've done. And they did one that came out real early in quarantine that was only available at like seven different drive-ins around the country. I didn't know that. And they made it so cheaply that they actually made their money back on these drive-ins. Like, so any money they make from VOD or secondary market is all bonus. Nice. But the, they're, they're doing this really cool thing, I think, where they come up with a way, they make the movie themselves. You know, they come up with a movie, make it themselves, make it as cheaply as possible. And then whatever happens, happens. If it goes to Netflix, it goes to Netflix. If it goes to theaters, it goes to theaters. If nothing happens, they're not out that much money, you know. And it's really about the art anymore and not, you know, for them and not about, uh, well, I'm Allison Brie, man. I like was in Community and Glow and all this other stuff. I'm a huge star. She's like, no, I want to make movies where I'm psychologically messing with some people like mm-hmm. and they don't expect
0: it. Well, for me, it's like she's not really even the main character of that film. She's True. Has a really great part. But she's. I was expecting like her to be the centerpiece of the film. She got to to shine on her own as being. She she did such a great acting job. Right. Like
1: no, I definitely got
2: to watch this. Wait, yeah. <laughs> I uh I watched Soul.
0: Oh. What is your what is your response to it? Is like it I was could...
2: entirely too existential for me to be watching on New Year's Eve. I'll be real honest. Um, Why were you not watching our set on New Year's Eve? (laughs) (laughs) It was before your set. Remember, you're three hours behind me, man. Your set's on, like, in the middle of the night for me. (laughs) So I actually celebrated New Year's on the East Coast and then in Chicago with a group of historians from Chicago uh, on on Facebook Live. And then I tuned in for Brainy's set and celebrated New Year's on the West Coast. So yeah. I got to be in it three times, which was super fun. But as it turns out, like every time I was from the future for a minute, the, the flying cars never showed up. I was like, I got like an hour. Somebody bring me a flying car. Nothing. Mm-mm. But no, Seoul was Soul was great. It's just a little much for New Year's Eve. A little heavy for New Year's Eve. Was it... Is- it 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 had especially if you're of that age where you're kind of going, what is my purpose in life? What am I doing with like my thing? Why am I here? You know, um, it definitely had a lot of that. Uh, and then it had the other side, which was that. So that was the Jamie Foxx character. But the other side was this never wanting to grow up kind of Peter Pan story. That's the Tina Fey character. And realizing that you kind of need to grow up and you kind of need to find the thing that gives you motivation. And sitting there watching this movie, thinking about, well, gee, what's my motivation? While you're looking back at 2020 going, uh, my motivation right now is to get off the couch. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it was a little heavy. But I think it was one of the better Pixar films in a while. Um, It's on that emotional level, like Wall-E or Up, um, where it hits you in the feels. Yeah. Uh, The only knock I'll give it is that there is no John Ratzenberger.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I heard that. He's not
2: in it. How's the music in it? Soulful. Stellar. It's all jazz. It's all like uh, Chicago-style, New York-style jazz, where it's a little bit of smooth jazz, but it's got that Dizzy Gillespie feel to it, where it's that traditional, you know, sort of, sort of jazz. It's got, you know, it's, I'll say this, whoever did the piano playing for it, I don't know if they did it for real or if they used a MIDI or what, but the piano playing in it is just next level. See, I'm curious whether Jamie Foxx uh, played the piano on it,
1: because he does play the piano.
2: Yeah, it, I mean, it's entirely possible. You know, I'm from Toledo, and Toledo is the birthplace of arguably the greatest jazz pianist to ever live, Art Tatum. You know, he was the guy who with one hand could play parts for two people, you know, blind jazz musician, just the fastest hands ever. And so piano based jazz is kind of ingrained in us, I guess, when you discover jazz in Toledo. And so for that, for me, that was a really nice touch that it had some of that traditionalism, but it also had that modern feel, you know, and you could tell I think Questlove because he's in it had something to do with the music. I don't know if the roots helped with the soundtrack or not, but it certainly has that kind of the way Questlove has, you know, when you when you listen to his sets, his DJ sets, his music, that respect for the tradition, but a nod towards the more modern, the new kind of feel. It's amazing. Yeah.
0: Other options that might you might have been able to see this weekend. Did anyone get to go see News of the World yet? That's the Tom Hanks piece, no. period piece. I'm going to I'm gonna try to go see that this week so I can have, talk, talk about that next week maybe. And then uh, the only other thing that was new that came out that wasn't like a Netflix kind of thing was um, Greenland, which is the Gerard Butler um, asteroids coming toward the Earth. That was slated to go to the movie theater, but now you can only see it on, I can't remember, HBO, maybe? Did anyone dive into that disaster movie? Uh, or anything?
1: Seen enough disaster movies.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we're big on disaster movies. I mean, we're, I'm. my husband's kind of crushed that we can't go see it in the movie theater, so he's pay, he's making a stand. He's like, I'm not paying $20 to see it at my house. I want to see it on the big screen.
1: Yeah, I, I you know, um, I'm kind of on the same camp as him. Um, I couldn't get myself to pay $20 to watch Mulan. And mm-hmm. I guess I still haven't watched it yet. I, I need to. Um, so I, 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 understand.
2: I still line when there was no Talking Dragon. I'd have paid 20 bucks if there was a Talking Dragon that sounds like Eddie Murphy. Right. Yeah, I, I heard about
1: that. I was disappointed as well. Um, again, I haven't watched it yet, so i, I got to sit down and watch that movie. But I, think from that, what
0: I've... I think the only streaming movie that I've paid money for was Bloodshot, and that's I'd already seen it, I, but I wanted it.
1: Yeah, I was about to say, I mean, didn't you get to see a preview of that movie? <laughs>
0: like, 3.30 or 4 o'clock in the morning with the comic. <laughs> <laughs> it was so worth it.
1: <laughs> I'm sure. That was actually at the comic store as well, right?
0: Yeah, because was Comics Pro this year. Or last year. Last year. Yeah. all right did anyone uh pick up any new shows binge watch anything cool
2: um i uh i had to i had to download peacock because they moved the office oh no Real bummed about it so a- am i the only one that does not like the office i'm to the point now where i can basically recite every episode Oh, wow. <laughs> it's Also that show that I put on when like I'm going to sleep and I need some sort of background noise, you know, that I don't have to pay attention to. Yeah. Um, so it, it's become that for me. And I'm also, there's a podcast, The Office Ladies. It's Jenna Fisher and Angela Kinsey who are on The Office. They played Pam and Angela. They go through and it's a rewatch podcast. So every week I watch the episode they're going to talk about on the podcast. And then you know, kind of ignore the rest, but I had to do that. But uh, I watched um, the new Mayim Bialik joint on Fox. Yeah, was, uh, Kiss Me, Cat, um, or Call Me Cat. It was okay. Um, it's a play. It's a takeoff of the the BBC show Miranda. I don't know if you saw that. If you've seen that, oh. um, it, which is. One of the funniest sitcoms I think ever made. Uh, it's top level, but this show doesn't do a great job of capturing what made Miranda work. At least not one episode in. I will say this, though. Leslie Jordan, who was on Will and Grace, who was on uh, oh, it was a show with David Allen Greer and Martin Mull about old people living in a retirement home. And uh, I can't think of it. I'm going to call it old people, but I know that's not it. Um, He was on that, but he's an insta Like, guys, Leslie, Leslie Jordan on Instagram is hysterical, but he's a comedic actor. Uh, He's on it. He's very funny. Um, So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, But that's really the only thing I've been binging is the new sitcom lineups that are coming out. The new the new shows. And so far, those are just one episodes.
0: Um, I wants to laugh and be entertained. What do you yeah, watch?
1: I actually got into you know, there's a show I um, it was 17 years now. Uh, NCIS. So I started watching it. I'm kind of hooked. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of glad that I did not start watching it back when it was on TV because then I would have been obsessed about it for 17 years. <laughs> It is actually a good watching show. Watching
2: the original or one of the spinoffs? Uh, the original. The nice. NCIS original. Um,
1: nice. That's the best one. I don't know if I'm going to have enough time in my life to watch the rest of the spinoffs, because there have been uh, quite a few.
2: Yeah. If you're going to watch one spinoff, you've got to watch New Orleans. Just because if you're a fan of uh, Quantum Leap, you can just imagine that it's the guy from Quantum Leap, uh, <laughs> and that it's a really long episode of Quantum Leap.
1: Ah, okay. I keep that in mind when I
2: get around it's, to it. It's Scott Bakula, so it's you know it's one of those as you can kind of be like, oh, hey, I wonder if this is just where he's stuck now. So, have you guys watched Cobra Kai yet?
0: I'm at episode, or maybe somewhere around season.
2: there of oh, the current season, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I uh, I started this afternoon. I uh, I'm through episode one
0: is so heavy on the cheese
2: but we love it's such i agreed
1: on that um though i i uh, i'm one of the few people that's actually losing interest in that show um i think season two did well uh season three is not keeping my interest enough but still gonna end it still gonna watch it all still gonna finish it
0: <laughs> well I mean. Yeah. Obviously- uh, a rumor of one of the original characters that pops back up and i love that actress so much
1: oh yeah uh, i'm ahead of you so yeah she <laughs> uh she does pop back up or he mm-hmm. or he um, <laughs> <laughs> Not,
0: i think the whole world knows already but exactly yeah. mm-hmm. um let's see i am working my way through i think i've finally completed it uh every single documentary on Netflix. Uh, So the one I watched last night was basically about, um, uh, they basically call it a redneck fairy tale, where these people that used to to hang out had a friend that's kind of like a hippie in their community who doesn't wear shoes and just wanders around. When he tells, he's been telling this tale for years about he was in Puerto Rico hanging out on the beach, minding his own business, and scavenging for you know things he could use and in the water he could see this thing this thing floating and he pulled it into the beach and he thought it was maybe you know he was opening it up hoping it was something you know cool to keep and it ended up being like 23 bricks of cocaine oh wow so he buried it he carried it around for a while because he was like i don't know what to do with it and i'm afraid to like leave it for people to find he ended up burying it so he moved away from puerto rico moved moved to the states to wherever this community is and um it's all about one of the people that hung out with him that listened listened to the story for years and years and ended up getting caught up in this web of horribleness where he met he he, he like tried to like help out people that you know were making wrong life decisions and stuff but so then that put him in kind of contact with people that once he had this thing in his head that when you know he he could make some money so he, you know, he started getting connected up with these guys that were on the wrong side of the track with his plan to go and get, you know, dig up this stuff. And it's, it's just the most you're like, you're just sitting there going, this is the biggest train wreck. How can this guy not see that? this it's so bad. Like, if it was true, and it's like $10 million of coke, and he's connecting with bad guys. To go down and get it for him, or to you know transport it, or to split it up and sell it. How does he believe he's making it out of this alive? Right. (laughs) He's just like Joe Blow. There's a guy who owned a construction company. There's no business doing that. (laughs) Yeah, it's a train wreck of a documentary, and you're just like you cannot look away because you're like, oh my gosh, will this guy makes it out alive?
1: That sounds totally interesting. That that's something I gotta. Definitely check out.
0: Yeah. It's it's a cool show. And it's I started it out and it kind of starts out feeling like, oh no, this is probably not like it's a documentary, but it felt like it was kind of like a one of those put on documentaries that wasn't real. But then I realized that the first person they introduce you to is the most ridiculous of the characters. And this is this one guy who's like made the wrong life choices. is like on screen every single time that he's talking, you can tell he's completely high as kite. So high. And so uh that's we get introduce that character and he's like a super big gregarious character who wears a cowboy hat and glasses and in a tattoo joint. But anyway, you fall in love with him and you understand why this guy wanted to help this other guy out cuz it's just he seems like other than probably making bad choices is a fun guy. So anyway, yeah, it's a it's a train wreck you can't look away from. All right, uh let's talk about comic books since we're all into those um did you anyone read anything last week that they particularly loved
2: Ginny hex is the last book when did that come out last week yeah last week yeah that's the last book i read that i uh i actually picked up in terms of newest um i have a couple other books from last week that i haven't had a chance to read yet but i read that one and I, you know, you can't, I can you can't. With me, you can't miss in the Jonah Hexverse. You know, DC westerns, especially the Jonah Hex westerns, just you know, they hit me. Uh, so I, I loved that it. it was nostalgic. It was a good story, and since it's not an ongoing, you didn't feel particularly tied to anything. You just could kind of read it and enjoy it and move on with your life. You know. Mm-hmm.
0: It's so weird. I mean, I, I think that the delivery schedule, the release schedule for stuff is a little bit fouled up. So by my reckoning, there was only two DC releases last week. It was that in the Batman Annual number 5 with the origin of Clown Hunter. Is that true?
1: Was that last week?
0: Yeah.
1: That's
0: yeah. What I, was, we I might have them last week. Who knows what it was supposed to release?
1: Yeah, because we received uh, items for this week last week, right? Mhm. Yeah, which totally confused the heck out of our inventory and stuff. So,
2: yeah, yeah. I'm trying to remember from last week's minute to skim it show. Uh, yeah, I think there were only the two DC, and there were only a handful of Marvels. Correct. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. you had a pretty good slate of Indies, Miss Jen.
0: Yeah. Yeah, last week, I think that the p- things people were hunting down was that uh, ASM-55. I hope that, uh, the fact that uh, Patch is back in Wolverine number eight, that was last week. That was one That's of the things. Awesome. Everyone thought it was That's about that, that the Maverick was the big big uh, thing, which is kind of cool that Maverick's back, too. But, uh, oh, Patch.
2: Yeah, Patch is best Wolverine.
0: Guys, it's a horrible Absolutely. Like you can't tell that that's Logan.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, my last week is. Um,
0: can't tell, right?
1: <laughs> I spent last week just working on music last week, so yeah, I read nothing, nothing at all, well except song titles and stuff. But
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: you had work. Yeah, I saw really work. It's more fun than work, but that's what work should be, right? It should be fun.
0: It is absolutely way it should be. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I saw some news that, um, that came out this morning was that the Eternals uh, movie that the uh, director, Chloe uh, Zhao, also wrote the script. I don't guess anybody knew that before.
1: Yeah, which is great. Uh, yeah. I actually like it when the directors are also writers, um, more so than director and actor. I, I prefer directors and writers because you actually see the true vision they wanted to present uh, as a writer. Um, They have more control over what they wanted to do. Um. Yeah.
2: And then uh, the the eternal story I saw, and it's just that, you know, Kumail Nanjiani is in that film. And, you know, uh, he was he did the big sick and, you know, he's been a stand up for years and he was a thin little dude. But because he's a superhero, you know, Disney got him a trainer and now he's like the rock. He's, you know, he's yoked and people are making fun of him because his appearance has changed so much. And, like, I'm sitting there going, yeah, it doesn't look like the Kumail Nanjiani that I, you know, I came to like as a stand up. But also, that's a dude that I can tell is 100 times more confident than he ever was before. Right. Like, he put in the work, he did the thing. And he's like best friends with Dave Batista. If you're going to be best friends with Dave Batista, you've got to be yoked. Otherwise, like, you can't shake hands, you can't eat dinner. You can't do anything because Dave will just muscle you out of the way, right? Oh yeah. Um, What you're
1: um, you're telling me is I need to get a a leading role job with Disney to
2: get buffed? That's
0: right. It
2: certainly doesn't hurt. I mean, if you're getting paid that kind of money to work out, there's, you know... Oh, definitely. uh, You know, they they also... uh, uh, released the fight scene or uh, the mock fight scene from uh, Shang-Chi. Was that, what was that? Was that last week or the week before?
0: Where it, where it was like a, a spoof of The Matrix a little bit at the beginning?
2: Uh, yeah, just a little bit. Or it was a spoof of a lot of Kung Fu movies. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, that guy, uh, 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 Simu Liu, you know, he's going back and they're working on the sitcom he's on in Canada. Um, but he can't leave Australia because they're doing reshoots of Shang-Chi. And they're going, we don't know that he'll fit in in this world anymore in this Canadian show because he's going to be such a huge star. Would you be able to believe him as a guy who works at a car rental place in Canada? (laughs) I'm going, you know what? Best problem to have. Right. I'll take that problem any day. Yeah. Right?
0: I'm Not excited, believable
2: as a schmo anymore.
0: Yeah. I'm excited for the Eternals to come out because I think that, um, like, there's been some other Marvel properties that I, even as a comic book store owner and huge fan of comic books, I didn't really know about characters very much. Like Ant Man, I didn't have any back history or knowledge about. So I'm excited for the Eternals. so I really don't know anything. I'm going in completely blind to that universe.
2: I, uh, I did some research when Ant-Man came out cause I was like you. So I went back and I read like the origins and I read a bunch of the Ant-Man stories, as many as I could put my hands on. And I'll be real honest. I'm glad, I'm glad I didn't do that with the Eternals. Um, and I don't plan to do that with the Eternals because it made it hard to watch the first Ant Man movie. Going, I don't know what story this is telling. Trying
0: to match it up, you know.
2: Yeah, trying to match it up, and it's why I don't watch trailers for things that much. It's why, you know, I try to avoid as much as I can. You know, obviously for my job, I can't completely avoid those things, but I try to avoid as much of it as I can. That way, I don't formulate a thought process on what the story is going to be.
0: Oh yeah, you know that's good plan. Well, for people that do want to kind of thus out what the Eternals are about and don't want to go back and look at the old source material, Marvel's going to help you out this week by giving you Eternals number one. So run, don't walk to your local comic book shop on Wednesday and grab it up because uh, my guess is that it's under ordered. And <clears throat> <laughs> my. Um, Yori Kyle? A- <laughs> I
2: had <got> to cough. Like <laughs> I said, um, this is my, like I was telling you before. This is my fourth hour, so I'm a little dried out. Yep. But it's I agree good. with Jen. I I do believe that book is definitely under ordered. Um,
1: I know I personally went very conservative with those orders.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We cut back uh, every time I looked at our order, the FOC. I, I cut back every single time. Uh, and and that's more of because of uh, you know what's happening nowadays, not mm-hmm. not that I don't have faith
2: in the title. It's just more of um, how much cash is going out and everything. So, and it is a slow time of year for you know comic book retailers. I mean, Correct. by and large, this is the slow slow few months. So, I mean, books like this are these are the books that you know in six months you never know might be hot speculator book because stores just didn't order them. So if you are interested in reading them go get them now and then put them in your bagging board and six months from now take advantage of people being idiots (laughs) (laughs) i
1: I agree there
0: speak speaking of books that i think are going to blow up and have already blown up there's no there's no like thinking about whether it might or not they released a trailer today to get everyone super hyped about it and man, I wish I had had this trailer out before FOC, so I could have known I should just, you know, spend a car's worth of money on buying this book, because I would have, uh, is The High Republic, Star Wars.
1: Yep. Uh, that, that is a book I've actually been looking forward to uh, coming out. So this is... Um, uh, we did go higher than our normal Star Wars numbers, but I'm, I'm worried I don't think we went high enough. So we'll see
2: everything with that logo on it right now is just absolutely nuts. And I, and it's, it's a story in terms of high Republic that star Wars fans have known about for years and now we're getting it reintroduced into Canon in a way that, you know, is going to be incredibly satisfying. Um, and you know, I'll be the first to admit I wasn't nuts about every Marvel star Wars iteration but I will say this anytime they've taken a legend's property and turned it into something like a comic like this they've done just an amazing job and so this is that's the number one book on my list um, for the week that comes out like that's the one I got to get for this week mm-hmm. yeah um, i'm so did actually
0: you watch the trailer
2: i didn't i don't want i don't want to know
1: It doesn't reveal very much, but the trailer is pretty cool. Um, Oh, that
0: that last line in the trailer, though. Oh, my gosh, Carl, you have to watch it after. (laughs) It is the thing that made me think I should have spent a Cars with the money. What did I do? (laughs) (laughs) Because I think across the board, um, every cover of the book, it doesn't matter if it's the A cover of of the number one or the special covers, they start at $20 online and go up. Really? Yes. Oh, wow. It's already fully ridiculous. Uh
2: I'm watching the trailer.
0: Oh, good. (laughs) We'll have a reaction video right now. (laughs) While he's watching that, uh, other books that are coming out this week that are going to make people crazy because they're so good is uh, Crossover Number 3 by Donnie Cates is coming out, and it appears that there are at least eight variant covers or secret variants, where sure. the person in front is reading different books.
1: Yep, on the on the spawn co- or the McFarland cover.
0: Mm-hmm. Not yep. the main
1: cover; the McFarland cover has got uh, secret variants.
0: Got
1: it. Um, and there, they, you know, it references a uh, old uh, book as well. If you haven't heard, mm-hmm. uh, So you know, if if you've got them in your bins, pull them out.
0: Yep, and I think it has a. It reintroduces an old character that we all love. not from that universe.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Try not to spoil very much, right?
0: (laughs) But uh, so yeah, it is. It is going to be fun. Um, I want to talk for a second about Solid Blood Seventeen. So that sneaky book that uh, Kirkman released as being found material that was you know at the printer. Um people just got small amounts of those and they've been selling regularly on the internet at 15 and I'm holding on to mine. Like they're made out of like solid gold. Cause I have a feeling that at some point that crossover is going to let us know what that book is and people are going to regret letting that book go.
1: Yep. Uh, I, I know we had discussions about that, right? Uh, where we, a lot of people speculated that it has something to do with crossover as opposed to just being another book.
0: Yep. I think it's a universe exploding book where the this whole idea that, that that all the universes have exploded into reality. I think that is the true them trying to say. Look, in our reality too, comic book reality is messed up. The continuity is all bizarre. This in this one, Kirkman never made Walking Dead, but the death of Michonne is in it. <laughs> what?
2: I haven't read crossover three. I mean, I don't. I, and but a lot I've heard from people who have, mm-hmm. and they're saying that it's one of those books that just shatters your brain for a minute, and then you think about the way Donnie Cates usually thinks, and it all starts to make a whole lot of sense, and it makes you wish that it was a bingeable thing, like. You want number four right now?
0: I I'm not gonna lie. I have got a huge stash of crossover number one that I've just got stashed in my store. (laughs) I think it's the I think it's Saga. I think those people that have like a case of Saga number one that are all like feeling good about themselves, people that have cases of crossover number one are gonna feel really good about themselves soon. (laughs) It is the book that's got me the most excited every time. All right, anything else come out this week you guys are particularly jazzed about? Oh,
1: uh, Last Witch by Boom. Say- I'm I'm looking forward to that one. Um, I believe it is an all age book, right? Um, I still haven't read the preview of it yet.
0: It could be. Is it is it Boombox?
1: I don't know if it is Boombox.
0: That would be what
1: uh, would, Not. yeah. That's that's a book. Bu- I'm actually waiting to physically read that book. So I know we had previews of it, but I'm actually I, I want to read that physically. The art looks beautiful. All the covers I've seen are really nice. So,
0: mm-hmm.
2: what else are we looking forward to? Last, which is a boombox book.
1: It is a boombox. That's great. Mm-hmm.
0: That is good, Brainy. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm trying to think what else there was this week. I was so stuff
2: um, I'm looking at previews. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, just cuz I haven't I haven't even had time to look at what comes out this week yet. Um,
1: um Amazing Spider-Man continues this run, so um,
2: yeah. 56 I didn't that which will be freaking. exciting. Oh, King and Black, Return of the Valkyries. Yes,
0: uh, Valkyries. Mm-hmm. It's interesting those those tie-ins to King and Black. I don't see as many people buying those up or being super stoked about them or adding them to their pull boxes, which is surprising to me. As it's hyped, as everyone's been about Donny Cates' run up to this storyline, which is like everything he's been telling has been leading up to this stuff. Kind of surprised.
2: Um, For me, it's about the Valkyries and not so much about the mm-hmm. the King and Black story. It's anytime you get an excuse to bring back one of those, you know, classic, classic teams, classic groups. You know, I, I've got a set of defenders set aside just because I love the first appearance of the Valkyries. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like that's my, you know, one of my my little. I'm never going to sell this set of books, things. So, you know, for me, it's an excuse to get to introduce people to that, you know. And it's Donnie Kate. So, in the end, what's the risk, you know?
0: <laughs> this is no risk. You're always. Um, yeah,
1: we've got a few customers that are afraid to miss out on any. Um, anything that's related to King and Black, even if it's if it mentions even one small panel, you want to make sure they get it. Just because they're they're not certain, especially the way Donny Cates works. You know, mm-hmm. he'll mention something in one book which might seem totally unrelated. Five books later, you're like, oh, that's what he was talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've got customers that just don't want to you know miss out on that one little piece. So we've got a. A handful of guys. I'll get every single King and Black book, so that's a plus for us.
0: Uh, I'm I'm going to put my money in the hat right now for who's going to to knock out Null. Uh, I think it's going to be Dylan. I'm still special about him.
1: I I I still think it'll be either Venom or Carnage, but we'll
0: see. Uh, You know, it's we'll see. or Normie. I would go for Normie too. Or it, or a uh, buddy, a buddy cop between them two.
1: <laughs> uh, you know, red goblin coming in and taking out um uh, no would be a very very interesting story arc.
0: And Brainy, we would make lots of money. So that would be uh, all right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that is true, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I remember that. That was a that was a good risk we took.
0: Yeah, uh, so uh brainy and i made the decision to do a a shared variant for uh amazing 798 and we made the decision while i was sitting in the car at the airport waiting to pick up my husband i don't know where brainy was but it was like we were just talking about it It it's like whenever you do a marvel uh variant it's not a small amount of money you're dedicating yourself to three thousand copies of something and if it's even if it's a 399 book that's a lot of dollars
1: yep um in fact, that was uh, going to be my last um, cover we did. Um, I don't know if you remember it, but that was, you know, 2018. I had called it quits in yeah. the industry. Um,
0: I'm a bad influence. I'm sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you know, you amongst with a lot of uh, the employees and customers and everything just did not want me out of there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so I'm still here two years later. <laughs>
0: yes. But uh, for it, I'm telling you.
1: Interestingly enough, I was um, at the store this uh, past week um, talking to a customer who saw the cover, and you know, one of the discussions came up about that cover. And you know, it, it was basically I don't know what, what what brought about it, but you know, we were looking at the cover and we're like, you know, that could be just like an amazing 300, where mm-hmm. the cover it's just it stands out there. Um, it could be just one of those. Key covers that you just look for 5, 10, 15 years down the line. Just like Amazing 300. Uh, it's going to get, uh, you know, copied and everything. So I'm like, yeah, you know, that could be true. It It is one of those simple, beautiful covers.
0: And it makes me crazy because it was really one of those covers that uh, had been kind of like made in the bullpen and no one had used. I'm like, how did people pass this cover up for it? Because yep. he's been there for a while. I'm like, these people are okay exactly. it-
1: and yeah you remember i don't know if you remember jen but you know when we were discussing the background (laughs) yeah it was proposed that they're going to actually put a background to it right Uh, yeah i was like red (laughs) yeah exactly and it worked out just beautifully
0: yeah i was glad we did the black and white i'm glad we went a little bit deeper
1: yeah um so back on topic, <laughs>
2: new stuff coming out. I'm just sitting here thinking about how is it possible that I don't have a copy of this? <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, we'll get you one, Kyle. Well, because so that run, I've got slabbed 9.8, the 800, all well, 801 all the way back to... Seven sixty-five, something like that. Like in my personal collection, and I don't have any of the variants for the first red goblin. And I'm going, how is it possible? I know both of you guys and didn't either <laughs> see it or pick one up. And now I'm just feeling like a like a schmuck. Like I'm just having a moment. <laughs> Tell you what,
1: I'll, I'll hook you up with the nine eight
2: uh, of that. <laughs> Um, You'll I'll send you a picture of my my Spider-Man slab box, Brainy. It's nuts. But that's the only thing I slab anymore for me. Just Spider-Man? Wow. Just Spider-Man.
1: Yep.
0: All right, we have four minutes left. Does anyone else have any other nerdy news that they heard? That they, they think the world should know. Doctor Who Oh, that's right. That's huge news. How did I forget that? Oh my gosh. Who wants to break it? Go.
1: No, I'll let you break it.
0: <laughs> Jodi Whitaker quit, man. She is no longer the doctor, of the who, and I don't know why.
1: Um, I, I think it might be the popularity personally. Um, I, I, you know, um, and I heard somebody else mention this where they feel that the writers failed her. And I agree with that. I think the writers did fail her. Um, uh, I don't think I think she did a decent job of being the doctor. I think the the script just wasn't
2: there. I think it was hard probably being the first lady doctor too. You know, she had some big shoes to fill uh coming out, you know, being the first female doctor and then there was all of that drama around it. You know, and yeah, the writing just the and the I don't think the writing's been there for a few seasons. You know, I think Peter Capaldi suffered from a couple of weak seasons I, too. Correct. I agree. But it's starting to look like three seasons is the term limit for being the doctor. You know, you get you get about 3 years give or take. And then people you either got to, you're either ready to move on or people are ready for you to move on. And I I
1: I think it's more of from the actress perspective. They don't want to get stale in what they're doing you know um being a being an actor myself i i you know i i would prefer i mean heck if i get a job doing 17 seasons of a show i'll do it but uh, variety is what you really want as an actor you don't want to be typecasted and i think that's one of the the things that all the doctors were looking at um, they don't want to be typecasted as just the doctor that's
2: you know and if you've seen you know
1: Oh my God! All their names are escaping me right now.
2: <laughs> well, it's look at the roles Matt Smith has had to take since being the Doctor. Yeah, he's had to go far afield from you know Doctor Who to yeah. kind of notch out a career for himself. Uh, David Tennant was really lucky that he was already this established megastar when he got the Correct. role. You know, as was uh, Christopher Eccleston and Peter Capaldi. I mean, Peter Capaldi. You know Peter Capaldi was in a band with TV's Craig Ferguson? <laughs> really? Called the Dream Boys? Yeah. Wow. They were in a punk band together. Peter Capaldi was a lead singer, but Peter Capaldi can't sing. And Craig Ferguson was a drummer and the band only broke up because Craig Ferguson went to drum with The Woman from Velvet Underground. Nina from Velvet Underground. Um so like he and he had already had this big long massive career. So now you've gotten you've gotten a few actors, Matt Smith, Jodie Foster, uh, Jodie Foster, uh, the current one, Jodie Whittaker. Whittaker. Oh, that was, you know, and then (laughs) you look at the doctors before Christopher Eccleston and so many of them were hemmed into they were always the doctor. And she's one of those that she had a little bit of a career before, but now she's kind of, you know, she's still got a long career behind uh, ahead of her and yeah I think if she stayed much longer you, that would have been the problem she would have always been a children's entertainer
1: um,
2: I, I think she would have done well going up another couple of years again I, I agree with that statement where I think
1: the writers did uh, hurt her in, in, in this case but you know um, it would have been nice to see her a few more years so I think the, these past seasons have
2: also been shorter than normal I think they are two or three episodes shorter than normal <laughs> And let me ask you this, like, when we switched from um, uh, David Tennant, we got a companion that switched over, or no, we got a, we got a no. clean start going into Matt Smith from David Tennant. No, 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 I think not did they? Yeah, because that was kind of, they stopped, they had the Christmas special with the grandpa, and then it was Matt Smith meeting Amy Pond. In the first episode of Matt Smith's run. Oh, you're right. But that's, kind of a new, that's kind of a new development, having a new companion with a new doctor. Because before that, the companion would either overlap or a doctor would overlap. Or, And I think one of the things that's happened since uh, uh, Stephen Moffat left, and before him, I forget the name of the guy who wrote it. It'll come to me. But they always had a thread. They always had a through line. They do. And with Capaldi, they've though. kind oh. of gone away from that and just started starting over. Capaldi and had it made uh, you lose a little continuity. He kept uh, uh, Matt Smith's companion. Um, At the very end, he did Peter Capaldi. No, uh, what was her name?
1: Clara. Clara. Yeah, Clara stayed for two seasons, didn't she?
2: Yeah, but I mean, like I said, it's kind of you started over with Matt Smith. You started over with Jodie Whittaker. Become less less apparent. Yeah, you know it happened the one time, but that's that's the other thing I think um, hindered
1: her uh, performance as well as they gave her three companions as opposed to um, just one or even two. Um, I think they tried to do the Matt Smith where the the couple Amy and uh, oh my God, I'm, all their names Rory. are skipping right now. Amy and Rory, uh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they tried to duplicate that, but
2: couldn't
0: do it we saw uh rory and amy get they, they like got together during those runs so it's yes. it like hey we got we, we got two you have three characters you gotta like you gotta learn to like and a main character you've never met any of them before that might have been a, been a big stretch
1: um on top of that you know if, if any of them had relationships, you have to get to know their characters and everything uh what else what not so um
2: yeah, it was it was different in the old days when Rose's boyfriend was just trying to get not get turned into plastic. And, right. <laughs> you know, her mother was trying to get her to settle down and get married, work in a shop. Right. It was different. Now there's all this interpersonal communication and relationships. And,
1: and the other thing was, you know, they got rid of all the old characters. Um, everything before Peter, you know, well, even in Peter, they had the Cybermen, they had the... Daleks and everything—they uh, mm-hmm. got rid of all of those. Well, I—I I, I take that back. You know, they, they did. I don't know how you know, caught up you guys are on that, but uh, you know, Cybermen the back. back. Then Daleks are coming back. Yes, Cybermen uh, were back just the last uh, season. So um.
2: the Christmas special was Daleks. Wait. Oh, I haven't
1: seen the Christmas special yet. So okay, spoilers. Well, now they—they introduced that at the end of. Um, season, so I knew the yeah. Daleks were coming. Yep. Daleks are the best. Cybermen Daleks, I, I I, still think the library is still the best episode they've ever made. That was the scariest episode of <laughs> Doctor Who.
2: Yeah, the silence is creepy. Right?
1: Uh, I'm with you. Alright, what, I- what else? Oh, sorry.
0: I think we're ready to wrap it up. We've got our... We've got our,
2: our clock is ticking down. Oh, have, yes,
0: I do have to... Uh, <laughs> take
2: us out? Yeah. Which... yeah it, it, uh, b- b- thank you for watching Nerd News Now, part of the Kingdom of Geekdom on Woodlands Online, sponsored by the Adventure Begins Comics and Games and Space Cadets Collection Collection. Check out the other shows on Woodlands Online, like The Best, the Best You, Woodlands House and Home, Cooking Off the Cuff with Chef Wayne, The Adventure Begins Show, and Texas storytellers just to name a few. You can watch all these on Woodlands online and on our partner station KVQT HD21 over the air on your TV. All of these shows and more on our Roku right now. Search and add Woodlands online TV to your streaming lineup. Now you can listen to our podcast. Show, now you can listen to our podcast show on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Amazon Music and Google Podcast.
0: You did it. That was amazing. <laughs> thank you so much, Brainy, for joining us. We hope to have you as a regular guest.
1: Yep, definitely. Um, you know, I appreciate being here. I totally love it. So thank you guys for inviting me.
0: Nothing like hanging out with friends at the end of the day. That's what I'm going to say.
1: Absolutely.
0: All right, everybody. See you later.
1: See you. Take Bye. care. Thank you. Bye-bye.